This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day slash time zone you're in. And welcome back to another thrilling, exciting, and actually this one might be interesting, (laughs) fun-filled episode of the Blurring the Lines podcast. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and with me as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Hey, Peter. And how are you doing again? (laughs) I'm doing great. Again. again, Because Adam forgot to hit the record button last time. (laughs) Luckily, we found out after only just a couple of minutes. Yeah, we didn't didn't talk for an hour and... and, Oh, no. That would have been like... uh, That would have been like having Kevin Landers here. It would have been just like that. Yeah. Unsatisfying. Yeah, totally, totally unsatisfying. So, how are you doing this week? I am doing well. I'm I'm doing much better than last week. I am. Why is that? Well, one because Landers in here, but then two, I am doing so much better uh, with my back and the sciatic pain. Okay, that's good. So, uh, to what do you attribute your betterment? Uh, Well, I I I attribute my betterment to definitely uh, physical therapy. Uh, engaging in the physical therapy. I I think to some degree I would have healed anyway. I mean, you know, but it was probably been longer and I think I'm better off by far having done the physical therapy and and learned the things that I need to do to recover should this ever happen again. Okay, Mm -hmm. fair enough. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Good to know. So the, uh, I mean... We talked about, I mean, do we want to talk about what I did? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. So, the, I mean, we talked about the sciatic, the, the yoga exercises that I was doing. And, and those were, those were doing, doing a good job. But what I didn't know is I needed somebody to look at me, like physically look at my body. And when I got in there, uh, my hips were out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't diagnose that myself because one, my hips have never been out of alignment that I'm aware. That you're aware of. Exactly. That I'm aware. So I could, I never, you know, I didn't look for that as a problem. You know, I did know that because my left side hurt, I limped to the left because I was favoring my left because that side hurt. And I knew I'd lean to the left because it relieved the pain. But what I was causing was you know, my muscle alignment or my muscles to get my hips and back out of alignment, which then perpetuated the problem, just kept making it worse and worse. And, you know, so she, first thing she said, well, let's see if you're, let's see if you're in alignment with your, your hips. And she's like, oh no, (laughs) you're not even close. So the first thing we did before we got to doing any physical therapy, well, I mean, this was, or address the back was like, we got to get your back straight first and then we can start with, with the rest of it. And after that happened, you know, everything else, you probably wouldn't be surprised from the therapy because it was McKenzie stretch, which is the, you know, the physical therapy version of uh, like Cobra or, you know, it's it's where you're pushing off and your hips stay on the ground, but mm-hmm. you're stretching your back as far back as you can without pain. I mean, right. there is some pain, but I'm not very flexible because I can't I can't extend my arms straight because my hips leave the ground. And the, the goal is to keep your hips on the ground and go up as far as you can until your hips come off the ground. That was the worst. So that, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's Cobra, Cobra or King Cobra. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that killed me and that was killing me with yoga. Cause I was doing that as part of my yoga stretches. Uh, yeah. but what I didn't, cause one is, is interesting. So I, I talk about the, I mean, I wrote notes about the science of troubleshooting. I mean, we are professional troubleshooters. I mean, that's <laughs> what we do for a living. So what, what was, you know, I told you, I said, when I get done with yoga, I'm good for about four hours. Mm -hmm. You know, and what was actually happening when I 
went through that was I was aligning my hips by doing the yoga routine that she had me do. So the kneeling toes tucked and the kneeling toes untucked and the other things were straightening my hips for a period of time, which provided relief to the sciatic. It yep. didn't it didn't fix it, but it gave me relief. Yep. And then as my day went on, it would eventually go back. You'd fall out of alignment. It would, I'd fall back out of alignment. But, you know, and then I explained to her, I said, and also when I go up steps, when I walk up steps or when I walk down steps, you know, you'd think it wouldn't, you would, it wouldn't feel good going down steps, but it felt, I got some relief going up and down steps because you have to put your hips in a line <laughs> to go up steps and down steps. So, you know, it was kind of like after you get done, it's like doing forensic on a big old mess. And then you're like, oh, this makes so much sense. You know, because what I done, I mean, you know, the, the yoga routine that you gave me was exactly right on uh, once my hips were in a line. But now, you know, knowing what I know, mm -hmm. I could have adjusted some of the hip stuff and that would have done... I would have gotten there. You know, it was like I was missing the piece of it. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it underscores the fact, too, you know, like, first off, um, yoga is not necessarily a substitute for physical therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I say that despite the fact that the very first uh, customer testimonial I have on my website, my yoga website is, this was better than months of physical therapy. Uh, so, hey, look, that's what she said. I didn't, you know, I asked her, how did you think? You know, that was it. Okay. Um, but, but again, you know, like we, we are trained, you know, to be perfectly clear that, you know, we're not doctors, we're not physical therapists, we're not priests, you know? Yeah. Um, but the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, people often don't have a great sense of their own alignment. So this is something where you get some feedback if you have a teacher or a coach or a therapist or a doctor or someone who is looking at you, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's there's definitely no, you know, no substitute for for some feedback for mm -hmm. sure. Well, and, and now I know how to, I know how one to see if my hips are, well, you know, I actually did notice it. I, I noticed that my hips were out of alignment because when I looked down at my abs, my right ab, like the, the bottom stuck out a little further than the left. And, and I said, oh my goodness, I've got a hernia or something i said i can't i can't even think about that now i'm just going to pretend like i don't see that but i oh, do yeah. <laughs> i do because yeah, ignoring problems is always <laughs> yeah. to, to fix them I, I was in so much pain i was like i can't i can't even think about that although had i thought about that i would have you know it's it's very it's probably well and where it was you know the first set of your abs you're not going to have a hernia right there. There's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's not where the hernia or the stuff pokes through. I mean, it, you'd have to take a knife and separate that particular, you know, the abs to get them through. It's not a. Uh, I was like, oh, oh well. So had I thought about that, I could have said that to begin with, and they probably would have said, oh yeah, you're you're just a little bit. Because as soon as I got home, I said, I looked down. And they were they were bilateral again. They were no longer <laughs> sticking. One one was sticking out further than the other. So, but anyway, <laughs> so I definitely have an appreciation for it, and I feel a ton better. And um, you know, the yeah yeah. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, I still think that Cairo. I didn't. Somebody, I, you know, I had a lot of people. They were like, you need to go to a chiropractor. And mm -hmm. after I had gone to the physical therapist, I said, I said, well, first off, I cannot do two therapies at once. I either go to the chiropractor or I go to physical therapy or they work together because mm -hmm. they they team. You know, they I said, but I'm not doing two things at once. I said, that's just silly. And right. and I also, you know, unless the the chiropractor is telling you muscle things to do. Putting my back in alignment would have been nice, but that wouldn't have 
that wouldn't have fixed the issue. I still had to do all the other things to fix the issue, the, the back massages, the ice, the, the physical therapy to put you know, me back in, in alignment with my muscles. The mm-hmm. chiropractor wouldn't have done that. And I still, I'm not a, I'm, I've never been to a chiropractor and I, you know, I, not having been, I can't give any, uh, you know, feedback one way or another, but I still would like to not ever go to a chiropractor if I can avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if you don't need to, then that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but while I was in there, uh, she, my therapist told me about dry needling. And at first, I mean, I just, I just listened. I didn't have any comment on it. She said, you may consider this. And she gave me a, uh, a form on it. And I just kind of thought it was acupuncture, but that's what they called it. But it's not acupuncture, puncture. And uh, just to, I mean, it, it, talk, it, 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 from the layman, it sure sounds like acupuncture. Yeah, you know, use small thin needles to provide a physical stress and biomechanical stimuli to affected tissues by inserting these needles. So, but then there is a big, big section here that says this treatment is not acupuncture. Modern dry needling is based on Western neuro neuroanatomy and modern scientific study of the muscles and nervous system. This modality can only be done by trained clinicians. Now, when I mentioned dry needling. You said acupuncturists hate dry needling, or maybe you didn't use such a strong word. Maybe don't like. Could you uh, elaborate on that? <laughs> we should. We should probably wait until we have Josh Summers on, so okay. that I can let him um, go into full, uh, possibly full Boston rant mode. Should he choose <laughs> oh, to, to do so. So I'm going to have to prepare the bleep button for the podcast. I don't know that that will be necessary. <laughs> you got to remember, he is a yoga and meditation, you know, uh, teacher and stuff. So you know, he's he seems to have you know things under control, but he get he gets a little bit visibly agitated. So <laughs> I think, um, we won't we won't tell him that that's one of the questions that we'll be asking about. We'll just yeah. spring that on him and see how he uh, how he adapts. Well, we'll say you know uh, we were doing research and we found out that acupuncture sucks and dry needling is the way to go yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm sure that'll work that'll go over great so. Yeah. oh so okay so we'll we'll keep that for josh yes so okay well so that's it for me physically are, are you are you fine physically i'm uh, i'm feeling okay physically yeah yeah Good. things have been all right um you know, generally, most, you know, luckily, every now and then, you know, I'll do something stupid where, you know, like I bend over to pick up something like a quarter and, you know, you feel your back or, you know, go hurt for a little while, something mundane like that. But usually, you know, if I'm like in pain for a while, it's going to be related to martial arts or falling off the bike or something stupid. Mm-hmm. And lately, just haven't been doing a lot of that because I've been spending more time teaching yoga or uh, this last weekend was another yoga training weekend, you know, so. So um, anyway, I uh, um, so I haven't done any of those things, but I have been doing my runs. I missed a few days, but I just ran 5K right before I got on the phone with you here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. The weather's cooled off a lot. We had it was below freezing this evening or really? uh, last, last last evening. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, I waited until it was up in the like the low 50s and I went for my run this morning. So it's definitely a lot easier than when it's in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's good. Well, cool. Well, you don't look like you've been running. I, I mean, I sweat for, you know, at at least another hour and a half from the time I stopped running. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's, you know, it's chilly outside, so that, that helps. Makes makes a, de- a definite difference. Mm-hmm. So, well, good, good. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. So, yeah. so have you have you upgraded to Apple's Mojave yet on your Apple? I have. Yes, I have. You have what? Yes. What do you what do you think? Do you have anything in there in particular that that you uh, liked? I enabled the dark theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I have stacks of PDF documents and images on my desktop. Uh, 
Oh, my widget where I used to have to do the three finger swipe gesture to call up my um, all my widgets with my uh, weather and stocks and things is gone now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what's that? Control center? I don't. I think that's control center, but I don't even know what they call it on the Mac. So. Um, yeah, other than that, no, not really a lot of changes. Uh, I just haven't, I honestly, I haven't, oh, there's a news app and, I'm, and a stocks app now. Yay. Yeah. Um, you know, for those, I generally would use a web page anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know. Um, you know, it's not a huge upgrade for me uh, so far. I haven't really dug into it really to see, you know, a lot of the, the new features. Yeah. Apps and that's about it for me. Yeah, I did. I turned on the dark theme, and I actually like I like the the screenshot functionality that ah. they added. Okay, I take that back. Yes, I have been using that as opposed to um, Sketch by Evernote. Okay. So, yep, I have been using the built-in screen capture utility, and that has been kind of handy. Yep. Because I've well, I've always just done the built-in the the whatever the apple shift for you know and you you window around what you want to do i actually didn't realize there was the three which just did boom screenshot whatever you see and Mm -hmm. because it it led me logic led me to believe this because the previous was four and this one was five so i'm like what's three what's three do do? and i heard ka-chink i was like oh okay it took a picture of the whole screen okay well that's good to know yeah, what uh, does two do? Mine make mine makes uh, makes my Mac beep when I do it too. Like a bonk noise. Oh, isn't it? Is that at the error the error noise? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't try that. Uh, like, but yeah, I like that. I did the like I mentioned the dark theme. I didn't really. I mean, that's not a big th- thing for me because I like the the Mac interface yeah. as it sits. Anyway, you know, I I just like the Mac interface better than the windows i mean and that's that's just preference there's no there's no science to that there's no i mean you could argue well, functionality whatever i'm like well i just like it it's not a it's what i like i mean green's mm-hmm. my favorite color i shouldn't have to justify that <laughs> <laughs> wait so wait. Why do you like the dark theme, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> do you justify your choice, please? <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, um, yeah. So, so I don't know if you know, but I had kind of an exciting, uh, an exciting day yesterday. Uh, I I knew it was exciting when I what did I send you? And the the less words that come back from you usually mean the less, uh, you know, the busier. I said, any ideas for tomorrow's podcast? Question mark. And capital letters. Your response was, busy responding to an attack. Period. And that was at 7.13. No, no. That was at 4 p.m. And I didn't hear back from you until 7.13 p.m. Well, that was fun. <laughs> so, but but I knew. I mean, I've been, you know, I was like, I'm not going to bother Peter. I'll just, yeah, he'll, he'll tell me. <laughs> Yes, the, the the verbosity of my response is inversely proportional to uh, the amount of time that I have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. No, it's directly proportional. Sorry, mm-hmm. D- directly proportional. In, yeah, and, and also the amount of brain power that I have to dedicate to that response. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it wasn't as bad as. Not now, or <laughs> not, now. Yeah. not now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had more. I had more than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had a, um, I had a uh, a report yesterday. So I'm a part of an association of um, different institutions that might have a need for sharing threat intelligence data. Mm-hmm. I can't go into a lot of details. Um, actually, I take that back. I'm part of several different associations of threat intelligence sharing uh, groups. Yesterday, we received a report that one of our uh, um, one a colleague who works at a you know in a similar industry at a similar uh, organization was being targeted by a phishing scam. And not just like, you know, like, dear 
person. Please yeah. here to update, you know, webmail, you know, thank you, your help desk. All right. This was more like, dear, you know, your name. This is, you know, like your company support and it looked kind of legit kind of thing. So a little bit more uh, thing had gone, uh, effort had gone into this. And we supposedly the person who, you know, got this was keyed off, uh, you know, keyed into this, um, uh, this attack by a phone call that he received from somebody who supposedly was an attorney in the New York City area who was working with the FBI. Hmm. And we're all like, no, that doesn't sound fishy at all, right? (laughs) New York City attorney calls you and says, hi, I'm working with the FBI and we, you know, have reason to believe that you're being targeted and uh, as well as other organizations in your geographic area. Huh. So I mentioned that to a colleague of mine. He's like, that doesn't smell right. That said, um, we, he, he did see indicators of this compromise. So I looked up the guy by name and right off the bat, I'm like, I'm looking at this picture. I was like, this looks fake. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's profile looks staged. He's got these curly handlebar mustache. He's dressed <laughs> in like, you know, really 1920s dapper, uh, you know, appearance and stuff. I was like, okay. But they are being under attack. So one of our colleagues who's a former military says, you know, well, keep in mind, he could be working with the bad guys. Right. Yeah. So be careful what you tell him. And we're like, okay, all right, good. So we had this uh, really interesting um, discussion going on as we're tracking this. And then we heard that um, another industry, uh, you know, an instance of this other industry geographically close to us also was starting to receive this same sort of targeted attack. Okay. I'm like, okay, so this seems real, right? So... Um, we noticed that one of the, uh, the threats was coming from, uh, I forget, it was, it was like HR employee survey at Comcast.net. They misspelled employee. employee. Yeah, it was H-R-E-M-P-L-E-E-E survey <laughs> at Comcast.net. Right. So, so their, you know, their attack was a typical phishing email. The email would come in. You would be redirected to your HR department to update your account credentials. And it was a standard, give us your email, your, you know, your username and password kind of credentials thing. So we've taken steps to mitigate this sort of risk because we require two-factor authentication on all public-facing services. But you still could have somebody give you, you know, your code. And we have seen indications where people asked, where scammers asked, not just for your username and password, but also your six-digit token code. Yeah. And if it's automated, you can turn right around and immediately launch an attack based on that, right? Because it's scripted. Mm-hmm. It's a program sitting there waiting for input. You punch in your username, your password, your six-digit code. It immediately takes your username, password, six-digit code, throws it at your webmail interface, and boom, they're in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so two-factor authentication helps a lot. According to Google, it has stopped 100% of hacking attempts on there, but there is an outside chance, you know, if someone is really on the ball, you could, you know, you could have success with that, despite that protection. 100%. Yeah, that's a big, whenever somebody tells me 100%, they're lying. Yeah. (laughs) Except that one that they don't know about, right? (laughs) So, so, um, we, we continued to monitor that, you know, throughout the day, we got a list of domains that they were connected to. So I decided while we're doing this, I was looking it up. I'm like, well, let me look up this guy. And like I said, I looked up, up and, you know, found his profile page on this law firm that he purports to work for. And I'm like, okay, let's take a look here on LinkedIn. So I punched in his name on LinkedIn and says, oh, you are a second connection to this person. Huh. I'm like, you know, you, you both know this person. This person who is, I'd say he's, he's a friend of mine now, a client of mine, a former employee of mine. So I message <laughs> him. I get onto Google Hangouts. I was like, hey, 
do you know xyz person you know he's like like do you like know him in real life or are you just x you know connected he's like oh yeah you know he was a student when i used to work at you know such and such a school he's a little odd kind of reminds me of jeff goldblum he's kind of edgy but you know he's really passionate about these things (laughs) okay so you know i'm like all right so so maybe he's not a you know maybe he really exists anyway Mm -hmm. got that so i fed that back to you know my colleagues in our um our sharing um our sharing channel and that was interesting you know like keeping some more uh, information going around that and i said okay um so we uh put out again so we got these domains that they were that uh they were purportedly coming from and i uh submitted those to cisco talos uh we sub- submitted them to um mcafee to sophos all of the you know like the big name vendors that i have something to do with as far as security products go uh silence you know like all these vendors anyone vendors that we have any sort of way that where we can submit stuff to we submitted them and said hey these are you know domains are actively being used to you know launch attacks right now update your reputation so um we got responses saying yeah okay thank you and they did so so great um and then everything got quiet for a bit and you know there was a little bit of back chatter um didn't have anybody else say oh my gosh we're being attacked too you know then um but you know we had at least two instances of area uh uh organizations getting targeted by these threat actors and supposedly they're operating out of malaysia and you know there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really matter so much it was like look you're being attacked do you really care whether they're you know from malaysia <laughs> yeah. or maryland you know <laughs> assassinate uh, the malaysian prime minister <laughs> right so um, and i helped and i <laughs> i helped doing a do a little bit of the uh, research to you know like um isolate them i said well we've narrowed them down to this ip address which is associated to like fifty thousand other websites because yeah. it was a big major hosting provider right so mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, whatever. Can't just go out and outright, well, I mean, we could block that IP address, but who knows, out of 50,000, there might actually be something there that people want to access, right? So it's always a chance you have to factor that in when you want to block something. So seeing how we weren't, you know, we personally, you know, our, none of my clients or our organizations weren't getting actively attacked by these guys. We didn't flip that switch. Mm-hmm. So time passed. Um, about four o'clock or so, I decided, all right, you know, I've, I've been grinding away at this and well, plus a bunch of other tasks throughout the day. I'm going to go for a walk, go take my girlfriend's dog for a walk. So uh, we go out and I'm walking around. And as I'm out, I just, you know, like my phone goes bling, you know, just received this, you know, this suspicious email. Now, I'm seeing a lot of these these days, a lot of phishing scams. They are definitely on the rise and the way these work are it's very much keyed from all of these data breaches that we're hearing about mm-hmm. and we're talking a lot of these you know breaches really are just things like your email address and your name but a lot of them have included passwords mm-hmm. so a lot of these you know social networks and other data aggregation um, you know breaches include usernames and passwords right or email addresses and passwords and because people reuse the same password which you should never ever do who who does that no (laughs) what happens is you use your email address and say it's your work email address so joe.blow at example.com that's your work email address you go to a website such as LinkedIn, and you log in as joe.blow at example.com. And because you're lazy and stupid, you use the same <laughs> password as you do at your work account, you idiot. <laughs> Can you tell these people work me up just a tiny little bit? Yeah. I only have one password, Fluffy Dog. I mean, who doesn't? Right. That's right. Yeah. And your email address is what? And what? Yeah. Go ahead and send me your uh, social security number. And mother- yeah. Last- yeah. yeah. All that. So what happens now is these scammers get these and they craft these emails and they start sending them out saying, 
Hello, I have been searching, you know, dark websites, and I will get straight to the point. Your uh, your email account is hacked. I know this because your password is blah. Yeah, that's not my password. My password's Fluffy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens though is a lot of people because they use the same password, they 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 report it to us, and they say, "Oh my God, somehow these people got my password." Mm-hmm. Right now, usually we get a report that says, I got this concerning email. This is not my password. I don't know what's going on, but I do not surf porn at work. And, um, you know, I don't go into the logs to validate that or not. And <laughs> say, like, you know, well, yeah, actually, you kind of do. But, um, but we, um, you know, we, we get a lot of these reports. And on occasion, they really are your um you know the same passwords so when we do that we immediately force a password change and then we'll do a little bit deep dive just to see has there been any unauthorized accesses you know is there any actual evidence um that this was a real breach or is it just a you know a scam just saying that it was that real you know that breach so um so we got yesterday, not one of those emails, but like, I got this concerning email and I opened it. Should I be concerned? Now you yeah. should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I was going to say no until the part about where you opened it. <laughs> so what happened was... Um, and again, I have to speak very carefully because, you know, like the, uh, to anonymize all of this. Um, somebody who works for one of my clients received an email. And what got my attention was it came from human.resources at some company name mm -hmm. dot, dot net. Now, it was not the company name of my client, but it was affiliated with that client. So there's uh, a relations. And a number of these people who work for my client also work for the other affiliated organization. <laughs> so I saw an email coming from a human resources address, knowing that the attack that we were discussing in the morning was from HR employee survey, a, a human resources like address. <laughs> I was just like, okay, we're being attacked. So we looked into it and we confirmed after some digging that the organization that, you know, the, the other company, some company we'll call them, um, that website that went to, it was an updated um, parking procedures form or something like that. And they wanted you to download this document. So I spun up my, my uh, you know, my bomb room there, my detonation tank, opened it up, looked at it. Sure enough, this file was malicious uh -huh. and reported by, uh, by VirusTotal uh, by 22 different engines as bad. Now, what's really concerning is that there were like 40 some odd other ones that are like, no, it's perfectly benign. Uh -huh. But it was a Word, a Microsoft Word macro style Trojan. And we looked at the email headers and it looked very legitimate. Like mm -hmm. it came from some company.com, not .net, but the email purported to come from .net, but it came through the .com servers. So now that's what's really concerning because I was like, wait a minute, uh, did there, you know, is there is their email hacked? What's going on? This is concerning. So I did look up and i looked at the i called up uh, the page for for that was referenced in this scam email and it had links you know basically it was you know there's the there's the website but all of the links on the website went back to their .com so it looked like on this one page it existed as .net but anywhere you would go there went back to the legitimate website mhm mm okay I also went just to the root to somecompany.net and it immediately redirected to https colon slash slash somecompany.net where there was no index page. So it's like error 404 page not found. Mm -hmm. 
But if you drilled directly down into the malicious web page and the malicious Word document they were giving you, sure enough, they would give you garbage. <laughs> yeah. So I examined the TLS certificate from this site, and it was issued by Let's Encrypt. Yeah. Let's Encrypt being the free SSL certificate generation service. I looked at the real somecompany.com website, which used Komodo. Now, just because you use Let's Encrypt does not make you bad, right? Just like using Bitcoin does not make you bad, using cash does not make you bad. But if you are a bad person, you're probably going to be using one of these services. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make you bad, but most people right. use most bad people use these tools. <laughs> exactly. So there can be a correlation, but it's not a cause, right? So, um, so just because you use Let's Encrypt doesn't make you bad, but. If you are bad, you might be using Let's Encrypt. So, <laughs> yeah. And especially if your main website is using something else, mm -hmm. right? Generally, if you're going to buy certs, if you have any sort of you know clue, you have consistency and you're using the same service across the board. So this was not. So I'm like, okay, this is really concerning because you know I don't even know if these guys know about some company.net being spun up. Um, but they probably should, mm -hmm. and they may want to go after the people who are hosting it and, you know, get it taken down. Um, so because we have an affiliation with these people, I took it upon myself to reach out to them. And I called, and I got the main switchboard, and I explained, I asked, I said, can I speak to somebody in your IT or information security department? And they're like, oh, I'll give you uh, our director. I'm like, okay, great. I got his voicemail. 15, 20 minutes go by, didn't hear anything. I called back. I'm like, hi, I'm, you know, and I went over it again. I explained the first time. I said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to report what might be a security incident, or it is an incident. It may be a breach of some sort. Um, kind of important, you know, if you can get somebody on the phone, like, okay, um, Carrie will call you back. Okay, great. <laughs> An hour went by, no call from Carrie. I call back again. I'm like, all right, you know, look, this is this is kind of important, guys, because you know, I've been digging a little further over this time, and and we're you know getting more information. Uh, I said, no, this this is kind of bad. We really need to talk to someone. They're like, okay, I'll do you know head you over to our um, director of risk and our CIO. Now, meanwhile, I had spoken with one of my colleagues who had emailed their CIO as well, and I had emailed him. And just saying, like, you know, look, we, we've got, we, we, and by we, I mean you, yeah. uh, have an incident on your hands. I'm just trying to help you out here, right? Yeah. So I got a call back, not from Carrie, but from, like, Carla, we'll say. And um, I gave her all of the information. And she didn't seem to really understand everything. But she did transcribe it all and read it back to me with perfect accuracy. Okay. So she said she was going to relay that far better experience than the one I had had previously with Home Depot, where I was literally on the phone for 15 minutes trying to get someone to get two addresses correct. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> so, as far as, you know, you, somecompany.com, your incident response handling is better than the order handling of Home Depot. I can tell you that <laughs> So shortly after, I did get a call from the uh, person who uh, in risk management. Uh, mm -hmm. explained it all to her. She did seem to understand, and she said, "Oh, that's interesting because we had gotten some of those emails a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it was all just internal stuff." And yeah, there's something about some company dot net. Uh, you know, I was like, "Okay, well, still going on." Yeah, you ought to you know? pay attention. Uh, but they're like, well, we weren't aware of it going out to anybody else. I'm like, well, there you go. All right, so she's gonna look into it. I hang up the phone, my phone rings again, and this time it's the CIO. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm really sorry to bother you, and don't shoot the messenger. He's like, no, no, Peter, it's okay. This is an active campaign, a user awareness campaign. We're targeting our own staff. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, now immediately my mind jumps to, wait a minute, what about the calls from this morning? Was that also a drill? Uh -huh. Well, it turns out it wasn't. 
this was just an amazingly poorly coincidentally timed drill. <laughs> and the only reason we were involved is because the employee who works at somecompany.com also works at my client's location and she had her email from one company forwarded to the other which okay. is why it came from their legitimate mail servers because it did because she had her email auto forwarded uh-huh so there was just these comedy of errors going through you know like that that all just came to like this this perfect storm that under other circumstances could have been really bad yeah just turned out that we had a drill. We were able to do that. Um, you know, I, I sort of helped them and you know firm up their incident response processes, and I agreed to keep it under wraps while they were still doing you know their drill. Because yeah, we're still kind of going on for you know a couple of weeks and it's not quite done. Yeah. So I went back to the information you know forum that I was part of the sharing network that I we were talking about. I was like, okay call off you know the drill the, the the incident that i submitted is just a drill so everyone's <laughs> yeah. the one that we were talking about in the morning that's still going on you know the, the, don't don't discount that one mm -hmm. but um you know this one turns out it's just a drill we're good call off the dogs um i still took the measures to block that website yeah and you know block any email from it so any other spam you know scammer phishing legitimate quote-unquote phishing emails that come through will be blocked but didn't see any need to actually you know i'm like i'm treating it as malicious mm -hmm. there you go so that was my day yesterday <laughs> and now that i've recounted the whole events uh, a couple of times i need to do my formal write-up yeah. and um because we were you know one way or another involved in both of these mm -hmm. now we have to file this under lessons learned so <laughs> so just to uh reinforce what you said so i've been getting an email that is somewhat phishing i mean they've done they've done enough research about me to have my legitimate email address know my company name and know my name but of course which isn't really hard to find yeah which isn't really hard to find uh but i know that my information has been compromised in the dark dark web i mean i know it has because you know i have a dark web scanner i've got you know i know which you know i was a i've been a linkedin customer for a long time they were comp you know every so none of those passwords are relevant but my email address is relevant and still correct i mean i'm not going to change my email address but i've been getting a variation of somebody who has taken that information and they're scripting me and it's amusing it actually amuses me uh so i i read them because <laughs> it makes me laugh but he's like my name is dark or my name in darknet is barty 21 and he said he says he's hacked my mailbox six months ago with a trojan and he's been monitoring me for a long time he says that, that reminds me of the opening line of a woman uh, a woman's match.com profile that I saw several years ago. Uh -huh. and it said, my name in Sanskrit means music. <laughs> Parentheses, my name is not Sanskrit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all I could think is like the number of emails that this woman got, uh, you know, like, hey, Sanskrit, how are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, uh, sorry, I did not mean to interrupt Bar Bar Barnaby, Barty, Bar Barty, Barty21. So, Barty. yeah. So, your password from my real email address is sqh2, you know, some random password, which is not my password. But they, in previous ones, they put Sublime as the password. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put my company name all in lowercase as my password. Why so, not? lots of people do that <laughs> yeah and then they say yeah they it doesn't you know even if you've changed your password it doesn't matter because i've intercepted it all your caching data blah 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 you know browsing history he said <laughs> but what what they said was you know we've been watching your browsing history and this is what makes me laugh yes. i was most struck by the intimate content sites that you occasionally visit you have a very wild <laughs> imagination i tell you <laughs> oh. 
I, I, I've seen some of them saying like, you have really good taste. Yeah. And, and other ones which are like, you know, we saw you and yeah, <laughs> and a lot of really good ones there. You might have to bleep this depending on what rating we're going for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he said, and I took a screenshot through your camera, kind of like that, synchronizing what you are watching. I said, oh my, you are so funny and excited. <laughs> See what what I would want to do, and I would not do this because I was I would want to say like, okay, cool, send me a picture, send me a copy. <laughs> yeah. But but these people don't use their real email addresses. They're not email addresses that they're monitoring. These are email addresses that they've taken over, and they just give you a Bitcoin address. Yeah, and. I- it seems well i guess there's no way to do it but it seems like if you have a bitcoin address you would be able to trace it somewhere or another that's not if you're doing it right yeah that's the point if you do it if you do bitcoin right it can be really really hard if not impossible to trace Mm -hmm. that's why we still don't know the actual creator of bitcoin if he really exists or if if he's a he or a they or a what but satoshi nakamoto still owns like I forget how many billions of dollars in Bitcoin. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. the whole point. It's supposed to be anonymous. But I get those. It, you know what irritates me though? This is. Go- I mean, this has been a whole tech tech episode anyway. But I looked at the. You've already gone over off the rails, so why not keep going? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I look at the header of this, and you know, SPF records are in place to say whether something is a valid email or not and google recognizes that this is not a valid email they Mm -hmm. their filtering says no permanent error this is not a valid email without a doubt not a this is questionable this is absolutely not a valid email address this is bad it did not originate from adam's company because Google is my company for my email, so they know it wasn't them. It didn't come with a proper SPF record. It should be trash. But Google still lets it go through to spam. Now, they did mark it properly as spam. And it, I mean, I never saw it. It came through. Mm-hmm. But why do they let it through at all? I mean, what do your SPF records say for your company, though? Are they configured to drop or are they configured to tag? I don't know. That could be that could be on you. You should need, you need to look at your SPF records because whether you do it with a, a tilde or a dash in the all section mm-hmm. will tell that'll tell your your email you know um, uh, server how you want it to handle it. Mine's a tilde. What's a tilde? I think tilde is just note that this looks bad. I think okay. minus I think minus sign means reject. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent certain on that. Because. But, but that is a configurable. That is one of the options there. Okay. So, I learned something today from... T-I-L. T-I-L. <laughs> I need to actually configure my SPF records a little more. <laughs> yeah. I've got to make them even tighter. Because I don't, I don't want to get spam like this on my, on my network, and I don't need my people to get... And, and again, I'll, I will go one step further. I am fighting a campaign at work that this is not spam. This is phishing. That is not the same because yeah. you know, spam, that's the Walmart catalog that shows up in, you know, your junk mail in your mailbox. Yeah. This is a letter purportedly from the post office that when you open it, you find is actually laced with anthrax. Yeah. Can well, you see the difference? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and that spam from Walmart is a legitimate email with a legitimate server, it was real. Everything about it was real. It was unwanted, but real. Yep. (laughs) And unwanted is what makes it spam. Mm -hmm. But it's not a scam. They're not trying to get you to go to some non-existent site (laughs) called, you know, store named Walmart and get you to just give them money and walk away (laughs) empty-handed. Yeah. They want your business. Yeah. It's not quite the same. Right? So <laughs> yeah. A lot of people just don't understand the difference, and I'm doing my best to try to educate people so that you know that the the, the difference is clear. <laughs> well, all right. Doesn't, well, that... doesn't always work. Yeah, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I've got my SPF. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I'll fix that in my SPF. I can see here. Well, and and I've got one one piece of it I need to clean up too. 
because I don't use ConnectWise anymore, so there's no reason for a SPF record to be associated oh, with ConnectWise. Man, I thought I was the only one who was going to have to get bleeped out. You went and said the C word twice. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh. Well, that's one thing that uh, that you and Tim have in common then. A, a love of the C word? Yeah, a love of the C word. He's, he said, you know, with his rep, he said... Uh, I'll, you know, I'll promise never to use your, your business. If you know, <laughs> you promise never to let me. <laughs> Tim and I have a lot in common, actually. <laughs> what about, what about Landers? Is he still using ConnectWise? He's gotta be. I can't remember. Uh, oh, I, yeah. Really embedded with ConnectWise. Yeah, I think so. But you know, I don't remember what he and, um, <sighs> I'm sure his partner. That I'm, I'm sure that they, they they must have both been. I mean, his partner is probably the one who got him onto ConnectWise in the first place. <laughs> well, yeah, because and he had a lot of stuff written, a lot of automation for ticketing yeah. and things like that with ConnectWise. I mean, and and I, I mean, I learned a lot from what he had done with his system, <laughs> and I adopted a lot of it. I I usually told him that was crappy, and then it, within about a week or so, I. would ask him how to do it so i could set it up with mine this is, this is crappy can you help me set up the same thing i i want to set up that same crappy thing on my system how do yeah. i do that might be crappy too can you help me set that up <laughs> yeah good job adam way to emulate way to emulate greatness yeah. yeah well it's it's you know it's the humility of of being able to say when you are wrong and and embracing it <laughs> Because <laughs> humility is definitely what people think of when they think of me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. I'm better yeah. th better than I was yesterday. <laughs> hey, you know what? Iterative, incremental progress, man. <laughs> yeah. It's we're we're evolutionary, not revolutionary. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Did we have any listener feedback this week? We did not, although the fact that we mentioned Mojave and the dark theme leads me to believe that we might get a get an email from my uh, podcasting partner in crime, Scott Wilsey. Yeah, and then I did I did mention, or was it the week before that I said something? No, it was last oh, yes. week. Yeah, so we did get some listener feedback. I got a, yes, I got a, I got a text from a guy who used to work with me, and and he said, "Yeah, I'm listening to your been listening to your podcast, and uh, it was Leonard Skinner, not Thirty Eight Special, that uh -huh. <laughs> saying give me two steps." So, <laughs> so thanks, and Dale. It was three steps, wasn't it? <laughs> give me three steps, yeah. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, I was about to say, I was muted at the second, but I was going to click the unmute. This was the Tim Richter episode. And I was going to say, yeah, we were just down in Sweet Home, Alabama a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and then you said 38 special. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Was that was that actually 38? I guess we yeah. won't say anything. Yeah. But no, no. I, I should have stuck to my guns. Yeah, like, made you doubt yourself. You did. I <laughs> fell for it. I'm like, oh, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> Channeling Kevin Landers. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Well, if people do have a correction that they mm -hmm. want to send to us, they can get a hold of us how? They can reach us at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com and they have a contact us. And if they send us an email through that form, you and I will both get it simultaneously. And we will have comment immediately. <laughs> unless unless your SPF rig is not configured right when you drop it. Oh, actually, no. It's a perfect method for spamming because, uh, you know, there's no SPF record checking in that form. <laughs> there's CAPTCHA. That's the perfect place for forms. I, I almost made that mistake. I was thinking it would be great if my website had a form and people could go on there and create a ticket through my website. And I was like, that oh, yeah, <laughs> that could be bad, really bad. It, it was a good, you know, I caught it before I ever did it. But I was like, yeah, just imagine if a fisher found my uh, form fill and began to send me hundreds of tickets. Not that, I mean, well, what they could do is they could send through the form and the destination could be the person that they want to spam. It'd be a little bit of work for them, but it'd be a yeah. mess for me. Well, there are, you know, it, 
tickets aside, ticket or not, you know, people definitely do comment spam, you know, or, or form spam. That That's very common. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm sure it still can be, uh, but uh, it was very common maybe 10 years ago, you would find, I would find contact forms that were not properly locked down and you could just inject your own code into these forms and then suddenly you turn their website into your spam platform yeah it's awesome you know so that was um form mail the original form mail by uh what was his name matt Wright, i think it was a guy who just wrote a bunch of pearl scripts and threw them out there form mail was one of those where you could very easily just say you know like recipient email addresses blah and now if you had that on your website you adam bell are spamming people <laughs> the spam is coming from you which is awesome. yeah. so you know because oh. i would deal with that people would call us and they're like our website is we're on some kind of block list or something and i'm like oh let me take a look i'm like how come you sent out 5,000 emails in the last hour? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, dig a little more. Mm-hmm. Let's, have a, let's have a talk about what is valid and what's not valid. Yeah. So so anyway, so people can get in contact with us. We'll talk about that. Oh, one, one quick thing is uh, the, the new Apple update, the whatever it is, the 11.01, I believe. That's the latest one. Is that right? iOS? Yeah, iOS. 1201. 1201. Uh, it has a virtual reality measuring app. Did you make, did you try that? 12 came, yeah, it came with, uh, with iOS 12. I saw that, but I didn't have the time to sit down and actually figure out what it's for. Okay. I know it's to measure something, but I don't know what. Okay, so let's say that you want to, let's say you're at Walmart. You want to measure, you find a coffee table that you like. And you're like, okay, I wish I had a tape measure. I don't have a tape measure. So you you pull up the measuring app, you look at the table, and you say, you know, it kind of focuses on it. And then you start where you want to measure, and then you go to the other end, and you press the measure, and it will give a distance of that table. Now you're not going to you're not going to build something to the to the inch or quarter of an inch accuracy. But if you want the rough estimate of something, you know, if you're trying to do, say, a concrete pad or something, you're trying to figure out the dimension or a, or a, if if this bed will fit in this room, you could you could measure it, which I thought was really kind of slick. And it looks like I'm trying to use it right now. I'm trying to add a point and I am now sliding and measuring. Okay, this would have been really helpful to go at my girlfriend's apartment to uh, <laughs> measure in the countertops and stuff. All right, yeah. so I tried to do it and it's not working. Well, see, I think you're doing it wrong. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's like stretching out. It gets to about four feet and then it stops counting. See, I think you have to have the whole thing in the camera view. You're moving the camera ah. view. You got to have the whole object in the camera view and then you do your points in the camera view. Okay, then I will try that again. You know what's funny is that the the blue of your sweatshirt and the lighting in the room, it in your blue jeans, it makes it look like you're wearing a onesie. <laughs> My sweatshirt is black. Why well, the light? The way the light is, it just it looks like your whole outfit is navy with a zipper all the way, and it looks like you're in a onesie. <laughs> what a onesie. <laughs> So in the so listeners know now that Peter records podcasts in the wintertime in a snuggly onesie. <laughs> All right, so it thinks my desk is four feet seven inches. So, I think that's a little shy. I suppose it could be. I'll have to double check with a real tape measure to, to see. Yeah, I mean... Now I know how to use the, uh, the tape measure app. So thank you. So like I said, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to you know, do something really precise with it. And I, I think it also depends on your angle. You want, you know, the better the angle is and the more accurate you are, you could probably get a pretty accurate, more or less accurate reading. All right. I'll have to double check on that one. Well, cool. I'm going to send it over to my girlfriend right now just as a, a, a reminder because um, her daughter was measuring things in school a couple days ago. Oh, okay. Cool. It came out on the iPad and everything, so. Yep. 
but not on the Apple Watch. I can't measure with my watch yet. <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. You know, like tap from here, tap, and then just drag, and then tap. I'm like, okay, how far was that? Well, that would be interesting, you know. If, huh. Uh, it's probably coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's probably coming. Someone, is, someone is working on it right now. Now that they've heard your idea, they're working on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, very well, good. You're well, welcome. Just send me a half a percent of all your profits. Half a percent. So, like I said, give us a comment, www.blurringthelinespodcast.com, and I think it's time that we hit the big, big red, red button. button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.